Hello and welcome to another episode of Sibling Saturday. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob. With me as always is Sabrina. How are you, Sabrina? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. A uh, little still sad from the Bucks loss. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that was a tough one, but uh, Game Seven Sunday, so gotta hopefully win we'll it. be yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, in a little bit better mood on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> All right, uh, you got the quote of the day and the national day of today. Yes, I want to be the kind of person that kind people like and want to be like by Jared Kintz. Kintz, something like that. So yeah, I'd agree. I think people feel that way right as far as national day again there's like a million um national archery day Mm -hmm. national dog mom's day okay national miniature golf day and it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day to go miniature golfing so golfing this afternoon get out miniature golf and stamp out hunger food drive day Hmm. so i know a lot of people do those bags where they can put food in oh yeah right okay um, so yeah. All right. And uh shout out right away to, uh, our sister, Samantha. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday. Uh, so happy birthday to you and, uh, hope you have a good one and kind of, and it's a big one too. Yeah. Sorry, Samantha. Big, big, three-o. big three. Oh, she's, uh, we're all get starting to get up there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of crazy. That's national dog mom day. Obviously she's. Yep. She's a dog mom. She's a big old dog mom. She's mm-hmm. got four dogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, happy birthday to her. All right, we'll get right into our, our topic for today. Um, we got a little article we're going to talk about, and then we'll give our opinions uh, as we go through here. Uh, and it's about uh, nine ways to make your partner your best friend. Yes. Um, I found this on Psychology Today. It's by Leon Seltzer. He's a PhD. Um, so it was just a really good, interesting article that I thought we would like to share with you guys. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think relationship dynamic has changed so much, which is why you see like more divorce and Mm -hmm. more, you know, relationships not working out and not lasting that long because you don't like prioritize them being like a friend to you. Right. You know, it's just more like, um, I don't know, it's just a very different dynamic that we're, we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get right kind of into the article here if you want to uh, hit us yeah. up with one of the first uh, key points. Sure. Powerful internal pressures compel us to criticize our partners, despite the damaging toll it takes on our relationships. That's definitely a big one. Yes. Um. I think when we do criticize our partners, not only is it very negative, it's, you know, it's coming from a negative place mm-hmm. from whoever's doing it, but right. that person you're criticizing, it really does damage a little part of them. And I think that kind of, yeah, I think it's not making your relationship stronger. Right. It's tearing I it mean, down. I think there's obviously constructive criticism where you know, maybe there's something that's bothering you or something and you bring that up, Mm -hmm. but just constantly criticizing like little things here and there, like that's just going to continue to, to damage uh, your relationship. Um, 
Next key point. Uh, it's possible to validate what you disagree with since your partner's perspective is just as meaningful and authentic as your own. Yes. Again, that's huge. Like Validate your differences. Yeah, you're going to have differences. You're going to disagree on things. You're, uh, Excuse me. You're not going to have the same perspective on certain things and just know that their right to have their thoughts just as much as your right to have your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that goes into relationships with everybody, but especially whoever you're, you know, trying to spend your life with. Yes. Making yourself available to your mate when they're having a hard time is critical. If they're to feel that you have their back, no matter what. Um, I think that's really a key thing. Even if you're not understanding the hard time that they're going through, just be there. Right. Um, if you're struggling to know how to be there, uh, ask for help for what you should be doing. Don't just desert right. them. Even, even also ask your partner. Right. Say flat out, like, I what want to be here for me? you. I want to be here for you. I need. I want to help you. How, how can I help you? How do I help you? Yeah. Because um, I think that goes... You, that's gone kind of away too is like when you don't know how to help you just kind of like either step back or you you, you mm-hmm. don't do anything or some people might get frustrated and yeah maybe some upset. people get uh, you know mad and it's just going to escalate the situation make it worse so flat out ask like hey I, I don't know how to help you how how can I help you because mm-hmm. um, the only person that is going to know how he or she wants to be helped is that person right and depending on what the hard time is, mm-hmm. you know, everything is different. Um, right. You know, if you can't get your significant other to express how to help them, ask whoever you think is closest to them, okay, what can I do for this person? What do you think this person could need from me? Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe they're not in a state to really say what they actually truly need. Um, so just knowing that... And just even just being there and not saying anything at all, like just being present, I think uh, can help some people too. Right. For sure. I mean, it it's not that hard to be there for the person you're hoping and expecting to spend the rest of your life with. I mean, you know, that's that should be an easy thing. Yeah. You know, obviously that's something that you have to learn through time of, of being with them. Mm-hmm. But... That's a big thing of communication. Yeah. I mean, communication's literally probably one of the biggest things in any relationship is just making sure you're able to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. Everything's got to be on the table. All right. Uh, Next little part is uh, why feeling safe is imperative. And I'll let you go with the uh, first little paragraph there. Clearly, that term points to feeling emotionally safe in a committed relationship, the first step to feeling secure in it. After all, experiencing your mate as caring and respectful towards you and painstakingly scrupulous in discussing the areas of your life where you're most vulnerable represent key aspects of both safety and security. I think being vulnerable is important. Um... You know, there could even be a reason why you're vulnerable in that specific relationship. Right. Um, and trying to work through that to help you feel safe. Because I know, you know, I think in every relationship, your partner 
is likely going to hurt you in some sort of way. Oh, 100%. Um, and instead of, like for me personally, you know, when someone that is close to you hurts you like that, it's easy to put up a wall. Right. And, you know, um, so making sure to not letting that wall build because that's going right. to basically... Yeah hurt your relationship yeah you, you can't be closed off in a relationship mm. especially once you start getting further and further along you have to be as open as possible um they should eventually be the person you are most open to so they should be the ones that when you are vulnerable and you want to talk about those kind of things that should be the person you go to if you're way too closed off it's it more than likely won't help the relationship in any way because you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time like it, again it's gonna go back to communicating you're gonna have a hard time communicating because anytime you're having a rough patch or a rough time if they don't know that because you're you focus on everything internally it, you know then maybe subconsciously you're gonna start being like well, how much do they really care about me? Because I'm going through a rough time. They're not helping me. Yeah. But you're also not being vulnerable with them and letting them know that you need the help. Right. So, yeah, that just kind of goes back into communication as well. Um, next little paragraph here is uh, not that an exempl- exemplary relationship doesn't require more than security, but without such backing, it can possibly satisfy your or your partner's hopes and desires. You need your partner to confirm they can be depended upon both to understand and safeguard your well-being. That way you'll not feel obligated to install safeguards yourself to erect barriers, if not steel barricades, to feel safe from them. Agree. That kind of goes back to what I was saying before. You know, it's really easy to install those safe walls. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to get hurt again and you're afraid that that person may make that same mistake that they did before. I know that's a really huge issue for me. It's really hard for me, you know, when someone does something repetitive in a relationship or, you know, it's easy to build those walls and say, well, you're likely going to do it again because you didn't right. the first time. Um, so, again, having that communication yeah, making sure to that help work through that. Right, working through it like hey, like whatever maybe whatever you did is causing me to build these safeguards towards you and I don't I don't want that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to continue to do that because of this and then that now that's something that's going to be worked on and and talked about um as you go, you know, as you continue to progress in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely uh Definitely important. Yeah. All right. You got the next one. Because of our survival instincts, we're driven to distance ourselves whenever we feel susceptible to attack, to extricate ourselves from this perceived threat. And such self-protection is incompatible and relational intimacy, sadly rendering our partner ineligible for the best friend status we fantasized about when we first committed to them. I mean, absolutely. 110%. I don't even, I don't care if you're a guy or a girl if you're feeling mm-hmm. attacked from your significant other you're going to protect yourself right i mean we all have that 
instinct Instinct. inside of us that if we feel threatened in any way, whether it be, you know, obviously mostly what they're talking about is like emotionally, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to, again, build up those safeguards, build up those walls and close yourself off a little bit more and possibly even start resenting them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you feel attacked and they may not even know that you feel attacked. That's the, that's the big thing too, um, is we all have a different way of communicating. Right. So sometimes if, you know, something said how they meant it, you're going to perceive it differently. Right. And you may be like, okay. And like, you know, start building up that wall and, or you, you may know, attack doing back all that. And, and yeah, or may attack <laughs> back and then they're going to be like, <laughs> wait like a, a minute. Yeah, effect. and they're going to be like, wait a minute, That's what? That's how arguments start. And then you're going to be arguing Fights. and as you go through that argument, you probably aren't even going to remember <laughs> how it started. <laughs> right. Um, so like, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just so important to, again, like communicate that, you know, it shouldn't be that hard, especially with your partner, if they say something that, you know, may kick in that survival instinct to just flat out say like, hey, like, mm-hmm. I didn't like what you just said. I need you to clarify that maybe I'm, re- you know, yeah. not hearing that right. Or if I am, I need we a need to, that yeah, we need to talk. We need, yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about that then. <laughs> um, but just making sure that like, if you do feel threatened, communicate that like, hey, like, I didn't like what you just said. Did I, am I hearing you're on or mm-hmm. is this something we got to talk about because it's, I didn't like the way that that was put. Yeah. You know, so that again, it all kind of just goes into communicating with your partner and obviously that's going to get easier the longer you're with them. Yeah. If you start communicating as soon as possible, mm-hmm. you know, so. All right. Uh, let me see. Next one here. All right. Although very few people would admit it secretly, we'd like our partner to agree to be our clone. Even worse, something inside of us can feel compelled to punish them for not being willing to replicate us, for wanting to be their own person and not feel under duress to remold their identity to better reflect our preferences. Yes. This is so huge. It is. So you cannot change people if you go into a relationship saying well if they could just change this or Mm -hmm. if this could just be different then you're with the wrong person yeah or even just not allowing them to be themselves not allowing them to grow Mm -hmm. um it's okay to have some you know your wife or husband like something that you don't don't tell them they can't do it just because you you don't like to do it I right. think that's not fair and that, you know, that will make that person feel bad and not want to do it. Mm-hmm. But then they're likely going to resent you for it because it's like, no, like I really well, want to do this you and feel, I'm going to do it. I've dealt with it a little bit where you feel like, you know, I watch a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Not all women like to watch sports. I get that. Yeah. Um, but like. Okay, if if the Bucks are playing, I'm I'm, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a big golf tournament and I want to watch it, like I'm going to watch it. And I I was almost shocked when me and Ashley first started dating of I would I would ask. I'd be like, "Hey, like there's this golf tournament, I want to watch it. Do you care if we watch a little bit of it?" And she'd be like, 
go, you know, go ahead. And she would just sit there with me and, you know, and watch a little bit of it. And I know hundred percent, she does not want to yeah. be watching that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she will. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. Just like, you know, there's times where if I get home and she's in the middle of watching like some show that I do not like mm-hmm. and she's like, Oh, I can turn out just like, you know, finish your episode, whatever. I don't care. And just sit there. Like you should just let them be, you know, be able to be them yeah. a little bit. Like you don't have to like all the same things and do all the same things. Right. And, you know, also make sure like, Oh no, stop doing that. I don't like that. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta have, you gotta have your differences. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be boring. Right. It, like it's going to be so boring if you're the exact same person. And if you're starting to feel like you are changing as a person and you don't like yourself because of it, um, that's a huge red flag mm-hmm. that something needs to change or it's not going to work. Yes. Um, you should never feel, you know, and I, I can honestly say I have felt that um, in my last marriage, not this pre, um, for those of you who don't know, I am divorced. Um, and I'm, I have a, you know, I'm married a second time, but in my first divorce, I didn't feel like I could be myself. I didn't feel like that I had, I felt like I was losing myself on Mm -hmm. a daily basis and it made me extremely depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the time that it was happening, I didn't realize that's why I was feeling that way. Right. So being aware of your own feelings and how you're, um, you know, how your relationship is going and all of that, you need to really truly be aware of that. Cause once right. that starts going, I mean, you, the relationship is right. You need to be able to see like how your relationship is affecting you personally, right. like you internally and mentally. Cause you know, I'll say like, I I felt that same thing in my past relationship is there was times where I felt like I had to be different, Mm -hmm. you know, in certain areas to, you know, almost be a better fit, which again, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. If you feel the need to change or you're trying to change them, the relationship's more than likely not going to work. Yeah. Like it's just not. And I think everyone can, if you're aware of that, you can make changes and make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's positive changes. Right. You but know. the thing is, is before you can be a best friend to your spouse, you need to be a best friend to yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to mm-hmm. be that person. It's just the same thing. Like you can't love another person if you don't love yourself. It's kind right. of the same thing. Um, I think you need to, you know, be your best self and you know, honor how you truly are as a person mm-hmm. to be that better person for and I th- your I think other. like early on in a relationship, I think like maybe you're not fully like loving yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think the right relationship can help build that along with the relationship. Yeah. Um, But if you're like in a really bad place, it's hard to kind of start that relationship because it's going to start very strained because you're, figuring so much out for yourself mm-hmm. and now you're also trying to build a relationship with a person who you know has their own set of issues and all that kind of stuff and yeah. you know that could cause tension very early on yeah i agree all right you got the next one the main reason we're often 
so hard on our mates is that we experience their differences as invalidating. And this reaction comes from a still insecure child residing deep within us, a child too young to think objectively and so limited to evaluating things in binary absolutes. Comprehending the variables in a particular situation is simply beyond their capacity. Um, so I think it is some people can be hard on, you know, their significant other if there is so many differences mm -hmm. and, you know, it's kind but of. I liked the word invalidating. Mm -hmm. Like you feel invalidated from your, you know, from your partner when they're not trying to make you feel that way right. this is just a difference you guys have yes um it's normal <laughs> right like it's it's okay yeah like it's so it's again if you're exactly the same person that's going to be a very boring relationship yeah you know so yeah i mean i get i can feel i can understand the feeling invalidated by you know maybe you know there's something you like to do and they just don't care about it and you're like, oh, okay, well, you just don't care. Yeah. But, like, that's just a difference you have. Like, that's going to happen, and you just kind of, that's just one of those things you just kind of got to, um, you know, get over and understand, like, there's something that they do that you don't really care about, so it's the same thing. Um. But, yeah, no, I mean, just, again, it's just all, most of it's just all about embracing each other's differences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, their immature black and white reasoning amounts to you're either with me or against me. And when that child part of us remains dependent on the others. Um, what is that one? Concurrence. Concurrence. Oh, it's this is way too small on this phone. <laughs> uh, to experience their viewpoint as legitimate and that doesn't happen. We become anxious such a such situations tend to revive old self-doubts in the present, prompting us to feel frustrated, if not alienated, from our partner's inability or unwillingness to corroborate what feels so true to us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> old insecurities always come back up yep. uh, in those kind of situations. Goes back to communication. Yeah. You need to work through it. You immediately, like... And, like, to have, like, your partner be able to recognize your insecurities and when you bring up your past insecurities, to be able to call you out and be like, hey, like, you're doing it again. Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we're, we're not going to do this again. And if you can't work it out with each other, have, like, go see a therapist Yeah, to a help mediator, a counselor. Honestly, you know, I think that was... Um, my biggest issue in my past relationships like had that been evaluated and we were able to work through it I think you know mm. it would have been different but um like save yourselves and right. just get that mediator to help you work through that and some people may still not be able to work through it and then at least you know but um right at least you gave it that effort I think that having the you're either with me or against me mentality is terrible. Yeah. I mean, any type of like... I mean, I, I think even if you disagree, I think being a best friend, you're going to support them no matter what. Right. I think you, that you, can you're, agree you should to always and be kinda... for them. Even if you right. disagree, say, well, I'm still here to support you, even though I don't necessarily just agree. Exactly. You can still support them. Exactly. 
100 percent all right. all right as adults we can recognize we're all different and possess the right to our own thoughts and feelings but when never resolved insecurities from the past get reactivated because our mate doesn't share our perspective then unless we can assure ourselves that this divergence is nothing to feel threatened by we'll experience the urge to criticize them as in we can't both be right so if i'm right you're got you've got to be wrong yeah right Yes. No, Again, you can actually no, both be right and you can actually both be wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. You could both be just way off. So. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. Like, just, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's funny because it all just, everything is just about, like, making sure you have it just open communication. When I think all humans are stubborn. Yeah. You know, of course I'm going to be right. Yeah. Like, well, I'm what right. I'm saying is I'm right. I'm, like, I'm you don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> you're totally wrong. And I mean, granted, okay, in some circumstances, yeah, like it's likely going to be someone's going to be right and someone's going to be wrong. But if you go in already with that mentality, right. that's when it's going to be I th- an I issue. I think too is being able to recognize, okay, Maybe this time you're right, but also you need to be able to then like admit to being wrong. wrong. Right. Like don't like, like just hey, be like, oh, sorry, all right, all right, right. we'll breathe. Yeah, yeah, we'll breathe past that now <laughs> since I was wrong. Yeah. Um, being like, you know, you you realize you find out you're wrong and being able to be like, I'm sorry that I got, you know, so upset or angry or whatever, you know, happened. But and saying like, yeah, I, I was wrong and I shouldn't have shouldn't have thrown a fit. Um, all right, last little paragraph before we get to the uh, the list of, what is it, nine? Yeah. All right. And the deduction reveals our inner child's desperate self-vindicating voice. If, however, we really want to make our partner our best friend, we need to instead follow the maxim live and let live, thereby giving them the space to safely affirm their varying but just as valid viewpoint. And we can do this only after we've somehow succeeded in communicating to that scared, threatened child that as the adult they eventually became, they now possess the capacity and authority to self-validate and they no longer require someone else's permission to do so. I like it. Yeah. I think... I think the older you get, the more aware you become and the more you understand people mm-hmm. and their feelings and how to, you know, when your I, thinking process is different. Right. So. When I think, like it was saying, validating yourself, you need to be able to validate yourself. Right. Validate your own feelings. And I think, I mean, I still honestly don't even think I do that all that well. You know, it's a work in progress. Like I still feel like I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a way different mindset than I was 10 years ago. I'll tell you that much. Right. Um, cause you just, you grow and you learn mm-hmm. and you, you know, you have all these changes and I think it makes it easier, but I think everyone is still learning every day. Right. Yeah. No one's ever, you're never done learning new things and learning even just about yourself. Right. Um, do we got enough battery life over there? You know, yeah, we're looking all right right now, yeah, so we okay. should we should be all right. <laughs> we got a low battery. We got so a low battery, sure we so we're trying to off. yeah, we're trying to get through it as fast, but making sure we're hitting every uh, uh, point as we can. So uh, this is uh, a list of nine things to do to help make your significant other your best friend. I'll let you go right away with number one. All 
As you, like everybody else, want to be unconditionally accepted for who you are and are not, so does your partner. Therefore, endeavor to give them what personally you want to get. Such generosity of spirit is contagious and will increase the likelihood that both of you will come to view the other as their best friend. What's crucial here is to learn to accept yourself unconditionally because that's indispensable for offering the same courtesy to them. I can't say that enough because mm-hmm. honestly, if you aren't your own best friend, you're not going to be that best friend to that significant other. Right. Um, you just need to be aware of yourself. And if you're constantly self-doubting yourself or, you know, have all of these negative thoughts about yourself, mm-hmm. you probably don't realize it, but you're actually projecting that onto your significant other. Right. And they're going to feel that right. before you realize what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a big, In my opinion, yeah, it's a big, uh, subconscious thing where you've more than likely, if you have that much self-doubt about yourself, that's been a thing for so long that you don't even realize that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to then subconsciously do it to the people around you, especially right. your significant other who you're going to be around the most. And, you know, more than likely they're not going to call you out on it because they might not even realize it too. Yeah. Um, but it can be something that's that's very unhealthy. So it's just making sure that you understand yourself completely and, you know, you accept yourself, like I was saying, accept yourself unconditionally because if you're doing that for yourself, you're you're going to know how to do that to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that one. All right, number two, uh, do everything you can to make your partner feel listened to. If in the past you've let your mind drift while they were addressing you, they may, by default, have begun to share themselves more with others than yourself. So cultivate the habit of looking at looking at and paying close attention to them when they are speaking. Yes. If you can't talk to your partner, your partner is likely going to go to someone else that they can talk to. Right. Um, and more than and likely, it's going to start an argument of, well, why are you talking to them and not me? Yeah, and maybe not an <laughs> argument, but it's honestly going to pull you guys farther apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly speaking, as a female, um, I'm sure there's a lot of females out there I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm sure there's a lot of females out there that would prefer to speak to another female about certain issues or Mm -hmm. topics that they're having with their spouse or significant other. And I think that's kind of normal and healthy because sometimes I feel like the way females communicate, we just naturally get each other and we can understand each other's language. So maybe to get that negative energy out with that person and right. males to males i'm sure they do the same thing you know they can talk a certain way that they feel comfortable with with other males right that they won't necessarily I think, project to i think one of those things too is male. is again that that can be communicated then to your partner by saying hey like i i want to talk to you about it but i think i need uh you know for me i think i need a male's perspective here or I need a female's perspective so it's not that i don't want to talk to you about it it's mm-hmm. just that i think i'm going to get more out of talking to this person than, than, than you, you know? So just kind of, again, communicating that with them, like, yeah, this is like, you know, this is something I need to talk about with someone of the same sex. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't, uh, 
I can't go into into this with with you. I just don't think it's going to be a good conversation, or an, a, 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 I don't think I'm going to get anything out of it. I right. don't think the conversation is going to be all that great. Um, but yeah, you can uh, go ahead with number. Well, three. then there's that second part. Oh yeah, and be and be sure your subsequent response underscores you're having thoughtfully attended to their words, tone, and manner. Otherwise, how can they be assured that they're generally important to you, that you truly care about what matters to them? So if you're just sitting there, uh-huh, 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 or like have no response. Right. Like, did you even hear anything that I said? Exactly. So actually responding and understanding, say, okay, I hear you. This is, is this what you're trying to say? Let, mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about it. Right. That actually shows that other person, oh, you actually do care because you actually heard what I just told you. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I just seen actually a video of... Um, kind of going back to the maybe I want to talk to a female about this or whatever. Uh, I saw a video from the Steve Harvey show where, you know, they can all like ask questions to Steve Harvey and get like advice from him or whatever. And this lady had her whole family there and then her and her husband there. And she was like, you know, he's great, da, 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 but we have this one strain we have where like my family's there for us and da 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 and all this stuff and he goes yeah for he's there she's there for us but there's times where like there needs to be just us and mm-hmm. there never is mm-hmm. so Steve Harvey's like what do you mean and he's like well anything we deal with and talk about goes straight to her family and we get all their opinion yeah no and so Steve Harvey That's goes Steve Harvey goes okay <laughs> he goes y'all seem like a nice family <laughs> you guys seem like a great family and he goes and that's you know that's great that they're there for you and he goes but the stuff you're running by them, it ain't none of their damn business. Right. <laughs> well, and I think what's hard, too, is when you decide to finally get married to somebody, it's fine to have other whatever. If anyone wants to share their opinion, great. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, what should matter is you and your spouse. Like, right. Period. You're starting your own family. Mm-hmm. You can have your own traditions. You can have your own perspective on stuff. But. If you're having all of these family members right. tell you so, what they think. Yeah, he went on after that to say, like, he was told by somebody that, and he's like, it's one of the best kind of advice I ever heard. He goes, when you get married, you form a two-handed circle. It's you and your partner, and that's it. So you're, it's you two. He goes, now you're starting a life together. Mm-hmm. You do, There's no reason... To bring everybody into your circle because that's just going to, then you're going to be f- too far apart. Right. You're not even going to be able to to connect with them because there's always people there yeah, and kind of like in the way almost, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's just, yeah, it's important to like make sure you have like a sturdy foundation with just your partner. There's no reason to be bringing everybody in the mix to, to your stuff. Yeah. All right, go ahead with uh, number three. Agree to disagree and do it open-heartedly. If you allow your partner to express their views but only begrudgingly, they'll feel it, and the secure connection between you will be lost. As paradoxical as it may sound, it's quite possible to validate what you disagree with for your significant other's perspective is just as meaningful and authentic as your own. Yep. All right. Yep. That's a... I mean, that's pretty... uh yeah, just okay to not agree and just move yeah, on. like just be able to say, you know, I I understand what you're saying to me. You know, you're you're open to have that opinion. I do disagree, but there there's no reason to go any further with it because it's we're not going to get anywhere by, 
you know, bickering about something that probably doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so I think that's that's too is picking picking your battles. Like if you're, you know, fighting about something that's so dumb that's probably not even going to matter in six months. Yeah. You know, what does it matter? Why not just say, okay, listen, I, I do disagree with you, but, you know, your opinion is valid. That's, you know, that's how you feel. This is how I feel. And we can move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it should be it should be that easy. It seems like it would be that easy anyway. All right. Uh, number four, replace judgmental criticism with tactful, modest requests. If you find some of your partner's behaviors annoying, like cracking their gum, <laughs> let them know <laughs> that despite they're not doing anything wrong, you find this or that behavior irritating. So you'd greatly appreciate their keeping this in mind. It would then be wise to add that if any of your habits annoy them, they should feel free to let you know. And you'll make a sincere effort to minimize and and extinguish them. Yes, or do them when you're not around them. Like for me, uh, I cannot stand when people crack their fingers. I can't oh. stand it. <laughs> I do that all the time. (laughs) I hate it. I hate the noise. It literally gives, like, (laughs) it makes my skin crawl, like the cracking of fingers or (laughs) their back or their feet. I I don't know what it is, and I've always been that way, but it, ah, I cannot stand the noise. (laughs) I can't do it. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I I do that all the time. I can't stand it. I crack, like, knuckles. Stop it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, to, I mean, cause, and don't take offense to it. Right. Right. I mean, like if I say, Hey, like I don't, habits. yeah, I, I don't, I don't really like when you do that. It kind of bothers me. <laughs> and then Sometimes obviously it's fun to annoy them though. Obviously. Right. Obviously like, you're going to do it in fun, but like, like our uncle for, so our uncle hates when you crinkle a soda can. He hates it. Uncle Greg. <laughs> really? Yes. You didn't know that? No. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> if you're listening, Greg, I don't know, but you should do it like next time we're around. Right. So what I'll do is I know it drives them crazy, but like, it's just kind of fun to like, I'll crinkle it. And sometimes he won't pay attention or he knows it, but he's trying to like ignore it. But then like, just keep it, keep doing it enough to have him look at you to make and eye contact. Like, and then I just laugh. What like, are you I doing? You don't like, it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, so that's always fun. So yeah, obviously you can make but like when you do like, it excessively to s- right purposely annoy that person like now you're just being really yeah annoying. and it's like again like don't take offense to it that's why they say like openly say like is there anything i do that bothers you yeah like which i'm sure there is i'm sure there's a million oh yeah <laughs> oh i'm sure there's a long list of things i do that annoy actually sure. <laughs> uh, yeah there is um all right number five all right. If, on the contrary, you want a particular action from them or more of it, say hugs or kisses or doing the dishes, request this as well, plus asking them what desired behaviors they'd like from you. I think this is important because mm-hmm. this kind of goes back to your love language. Right. So I don't know. I think. Did you read this book yet? I, I've, I've read part of it i'm thinking maybe you gotta this is just gonna well this is just gonna be kind of a random thing and and we'll get to it then is i think we'll do we could do an episode on the the five love languages yes five love languages. yeah we could we could do an episode that'll be our next episode next episode uh five love languages it'll kind of go into this Um, i mean we do have our uh 
our category list is relationships, so we'll we'll get a little bit more into that, yes. obviously. Um, but um, yeah, talk about those because it's it's so important. I mean, I I did like the fact that it went from hugs and kisses to doing the dishes. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna say Two the hugs and kisses things. maybe more for the men, and the doing the dishes are more for like like that's what the wife wants. Like, can you do something? <laughs> um, I think too. Though, I think it's important knowing that though because. If you're, I think everyone craves affection Mm -hmm. in some sort of way. In their own way. Right. right. So learning how they like Uh, affection. Right. And, but I think touch is so important because when you have lack of touch, I feel like that kind of almost distances you from that person. um, What's that? Uh, Serotonin. Mm-hmm. The the chemical yeah. that's released from Touch, from that from is so important to us as people that like even if you don't if you're not a touchy feely kind of person there's still parts of you that that crave that yeah. feeling because we all do right um, but I also think too what goes into it is how you ask for things yes I do agree that goes a long way if you're just I if have, you're yeah, you know like. Oh, you're not doing nothing. Do this, do yeah. this, do that. And then it's just kind of like, screw you. I ain't doing that. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, why, why are you talking to me like that? But I think, and we can kind of go through this with when we discuss like the whole love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're not getting yours, they're likely not going to get theirs exactly. because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, you haven't done it. So, and, and usually it's not the same. Very right. few people, I think, have, like, I, I feel like language. most couples don't have the same love language. No, they don't. And I think when you're aware of each other's love language, I think it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier, one, to communicate, two, to actually express what makes your partner feel loved and what mm-hmm. makes you feel loved. Because when you're both doing those things to make you feel that way it's a lot easier on that other person right all right uh where are we number six give your partner as much autonomy as they need sure you may not want a closer relationship with them but that doesn't mean becoming dependent or such big words (laughs) well i'm like i don't know they're getting all blurry on me and Need new glasses? And What's going on over there? Well, no, I got lawn vision, so I feel like <laughs> these glasses are messing up my uh, close vision. Um, what was that? Or enmeshed. Enmeshed, yeah, enmeshed with them. Uh, so give them the space or solitude they require, and that should make your together time all the more valued. Yes, it's okay to do something without your partner. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, as much as you should be able to, you should be able to do things that you don't like with your partner because mm-hmm. that may help them feel like you actually care about them to do right. things you don't like doing. Um, but if you guys can agree and no one feels disrespected, I don't think there's anything wrong with if you like doing a certain thing, allowing your significant other to do it. Right. Because you got to do that, things separately. Yeah, you can't just everything. Yeah, not everything can be together. You got to be able to do things separately. Like even when you're best um, friends with someone, your best friend is off doing their own thing. And so are you. But you're right. still at the end of the day. You know, you do anything for them. And that's, right. that's what's important. Exactly. 
All right. Make decisions that affect both of you jointly, even when you're not in accord with them. Sympathetically consider their input versus similarly dismissing it. This point relates to compromise and the willingness to meet somewhere in the middle is a hallmark of congenial cooperative relationships. Yep. I think just making sure that you're both on the same page mm-hmm. and willing to, you know, compromise, compromise. is huge. Yeah. Compromise is huge. Yeah. Um, pretty much no- number eight here is, is kind of like on that same kind of, you know, almost they, these two could almost be together. Uh, regardless of what you're engaged in, put it aside when your partner needs comforting, being there for them during such difficult times in crit, is critical if they if they're to feel that no matter what you have their back. Yes. So whatever you're doing if something major pops up you should you know be able to drop everything and you should be there for them. Yes, I agree. I, you know, being if your significant other doesn't feel like you have their back, well then who does? Exactly, right. Like I mean that should be the number one person who being does. Emotionally supportive to your partner is so important because once you're an adult and you have that significant other, that is the person who has your back the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that family doesn't, but there's a it's a different type of bond that you would have with a significant other versus a family member. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just so important to, you know, if they're having a hard time, you know, drop everything and be there for them because... More than likely, they're going to do that for you. Yes. All right, last one, number nine. Play and laugh together. Few things strengthen a bond more than sharing various forms of merriment. For instance, be on the lookout for opportunities to giggle, chuckle, or indulge in hearty belly laughs together. I think this is so important, having fun and just doing things together and laughing, like having yeah. like inside jokes with each other mm-hmm. and just messing around with each other. I think that's so important. See, that's, that's easy for me because I'm just, I'm a goofball. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always messing around and yeah. messing with her and just trying to get her to laugh and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I'm sure at times she's probably like, dude, be serious, get serious. <laughs> and, and I'm still just making jokes, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, have fun. Like yes. if you're, even if you're just sitting at home doing nothing like yeah try and have some some type of fun i feel like fun's always looked at as oh going out you know for this type of dinner going out to see a movie and doing all this like you should be able to have fun just at home together doing you could be doing absolutely nothing but Mm -hmm. you know find a way to have fun like you said inside jokes you know having those those inside jokes with them is i think you know just super important to you know, feel close to them. Yeah. Yes. So that includes our article. I just thought it was a good article, something to, you know, help share. And yeah. And I think something that's just, again, a lot like of forgotten can, yeah. now is like when you're, when you're with somebody and, you know, starting a marriage with them, you, you should be best friends. Yes. You should, you know, uh, be, you know, that should be your go-to person for, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, 
wrap it up there. Next episode will be the the love languages. Yeah, so you have homework to do. You have to. So read we'll get into that. Uh, I have the book, so I could read oh, you the do. book. Read I the do book. have the book. Take the quiz. I think I even have two of them. I think I have the original one, and then I have the one that says. Uh, do you have the one by Gary Chapman? I think so. Okay. And then love languages for men specifically. It says ah, for men, so that's it, okay. it's a little different. So we'll take the quiz. I'll have um, to. I'll want to know do what that. your love language is, and I will do. Oh, there's the a same. quiz in there's there. There's a quiz, oh, okay. so it will tell you what the quiz. They, basically, there's a quiz that it will tell you what your love languages are ah, in order. Okay. Okay. So, like from one. To I'll try and uh, I'll have to. F- uh, I got some highlighters. I'll have to highlight some some things in the book and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not a big reader, so we'll uh, see. But I will uh, try and read that um, and do a little do a little homework for the next episode. But excited okay. for that one. That one will be. That won't be cool, but uh, you got anything else to add? Nope, I don't think so. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. We made it. We made it. Seven, six percent.